Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, co-host Justin Baker in studio, and it's just the two of us this time. It is, yeah. We kicked everybody else out because I got sick of the smell. So true, so true. I feel like it still smells, but I think that that's just you. Yeah, sorry, Luke. Wait, what? Luke, uh, yes, we had a fun show. If you if you didn't listen to uh, the show previous to this one, we did break down the first two series that we knew about. It was this, it was Saturday, uh, the last game of the regular season. So if you if you want to listen to Leafs, Bruins, and the Sharks and Golden Knights previews. Uh, go listen to that as well. We we tell you our our girlfriend teams, and if you don't know what girlfriend teams are, we go in depth into uh, choosing a girlfriend team. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, on today's episode, we are going to break down the rest of the series. There's six other ones out there, and we finally have a perfect sl- like we know what's going on here in the playoffs, and it is going to be a wild first round, and so. We are just going to start it off. We're going to just jump into a series. We're going to talk about it for a little bit, give our predictions, and we'll move on to the next one. So uh, I think we'll start with Nashville and Dallas as series number one for no particular reason. Number two and I guess technically like number two and number seven in the West would be maybe how it would be broken down. But Nashville Predators won the season series 3-2-0, Dallas Two one and two, so really the two losses that are uh, th- two of the three wins Nashville had were in overtime or a shootout. I that is the right way to say it. And uh, were so this this was a tight series in the regular season. Uh, Nashville kind of struggled down the stretch there a little bit, and so definitely maybe some questions about them coming into here. But I don't think they won't be ready for the Dallas Stars. No, I don't think so either. I think this is just a situation where Nashville has been gearing up for the playoffs, trying to get guys healthy because, let's face it, they've dealt with some injuries this year, guys like, you know, P.K. Subban and, um, you know, I mean, let's face it, they haven't exactly been scoring goals in bunches and neither has Dallas, but these are two teams that have played very well on the defensive side of the puck. Yes, and when you look at special teams, I think they could play a large role. Dallas and Nashville... Dallas fifth, Nashville sixth in the league in penalty kill. So two of the uh, higher end penalty killing teams for sure. And we know that. I mean, they they also have both these teams have not not only do they have some good defensive defensemen, like just defensemen that can play penalty kill the penalties, kill the penalties. They also have some forwards who can play defense very well. And so I think that might stifle the power plays in general, although Nashville's nobody has a problem stifling it. So could the fact that Dallas scores, I mean, Dallas 11th on the power play, Nashville dead last in the league. Uh, will that be a factor? I mean, that's a, you know, the, the thing though is that, oh yeah, over the course of the regular season, a 10% difference on the power play is a huge difference. Now in the course of a playoff series where, I mean, let's say this game, this series goes seven games. How many power plays are you getting in seven games? Maybe 20? True. Between yeah. 20 and 25? If that. If, if that, exactly. So the difference between 10% is, I mean, that's maybe a goal, maybe two two goals. So does it play as big of a factor as we think in the playoffs as it, as it might in the regular season, especially when it comes to teams that it's not like anybody's terrified of the Stars' power play. It's good, but is it something that you completely and exclusively game plan around 
No, not at all. I think you game plan around Dallas's big three, five on five. I mean, regardless if it's or even I mean, even if it is power play, right? You just you you game plan around those guys and if you're Nashville, I think they're just gonna do them, right? They're not really concerned with with those three guys, I think, in particular. I think they're just gonna game plan to play their type of game because they are a team that, you know, a lot of people quote unquote say are built for the playoffs. much like the Jets, you know, they're they can go in, they can rough it up a little bit. They can they can really bruise you and go deep and I think I think this is going to be an interesting series. This is, to me, this is the one series, I think, where it's got upset written all over it. As long as we have a healthy Ben Bishop, mind you. Yes. And as long as, uh, you know, Dallas can... If Dallas continues to... I mean, they're second in the league in goals against. So Nashville already, I mean, they're Nashville's not going to score on the power play, hardly at all. And then, you know, on top of that, it's Nashville's in the bottom really the bottom third, almost the bottom third of uh, the league in goal scoring four. And so uh, Dallas, though, 28th in goals four. Yeah, but they, they started to get hot at the end of the season. They got hints coming up. Is that how you pronounce his name? I, yes. Okay, good. I actually got that one right. Uh, Zuccarello's back, which is going to be a phenomenal addition for them. Right, and he's so, looked good in the games he, that he's been able to get. He in. did. Yeah, so I think now Dallas really, you don't have to worry necessarily about, you know, if you're Dallas now, you don't have to worry about playing the top three boys a lot of minutes. You can spread it out a little bit more because, to me, this is a series that's probably going to go deep. So if you're Nashville, you know, you got to find those matchups you know, I, I don't think on the back end, defensively wise, they're worried about what D pair is going to match up against which line because, you know, they've got a, a phenomenal one through six. Right. So. Right. Yeah. It's it's less of a. I mean, I think though at the same time you, you really need to target not just that top top line. It's I mean it's it's Tyler Sagan. You it shut is. down Tyler Sagan, the Dallas Stars won't score. You know, they're not going to score a significant amount of goals. No, I agree. Uh, I, they they don't have the depth, but you know, frankly, neither does Nashville. Nashville doesn't have a whole lot of depth offensively. No, getting Austin Watson back is going to be nice because he is a guy that I, I does I do think plays well in the playoffs. However, um, you know Dallas has got a lot of young guys in there. Like like I talked about Hints right. and you know um, Klingberg, guys that haven't seen a lot of playoff time. Whereas guys like Yossi and PK Subban, they've gone deep in the playoffs before. So even Stanley Cup Finals. So you know it's just it's going to be an issue of you know whether or not the young guys will show up. And I think. Goaltending is going to be great for both ends, so it's going to be a low-scoring series, in my opinion. Your prediction for the series? I'm calling upset. Dallas and wow. seven. Dallas and seven. And okay, seven. so yep. Dallas wins Game Seven in Nashville. In Nashville to to steal the series. Uh, I am less confident in the Dallas Stars' ability to upset the Predators. I don't like the Predators that much this year. I'm not as high on them, but I'm also at this point not willing to put a lot of stock into Dallas. Uh, I like what they're doing, but I just, unless someone gets real hot for them outside of that top line, I just don't see it happening for them. And so I, I think that Nashville squeaks away with this one in seven as well. Squeaks. Okay. Fair enough. Squeaks away. All right. Let's go to the Lightning and the Blue Jackets. This one is one of my favorites. Uh, this one is going to be, this is, Columbus was supposed to win their division. I think did either one of us have them winning the division? Did you have them winning the yeah, division? Yeah, I think, think I did. did pick them, yeah. Uh, I think I, I had them in the top three for sure. Uh, definitely didn't. Nobody thought that they would struggle to make the playoffs like this. And they find themselves barely squeaking into the playoffs. But they are a probably the hottest team coming in to the playoffs. Uh, especially in terms of not... 
I, record-wise, they could they could be on on par with a couple other teams. But in terms of where they were at the trade deadline, they were still losing despite the fact that they had acquired Duchesne and Dezingle. And, but I think that they found their stride now. Panarin's scoring again. And I think they're coming into the playoffs just as, you know, it's like the plane never took off until the last 10 games of the year. The plane has taken off and these guys are buzzing. And so if there's a team that could upset Tampa, I think it's this Columbus team, at least in terms of, you know, between Tampa or uh, between Columbus, Carolina, you maybe you could have had Pittsburgh. I don't think any of those other teams would have been able to, or Montreal would have been able to beat Tampa Bay. And frankly, it probably would have been a pretty quick out. I don't see a quick series for Tampa Bay here. No, no, no. I, I would agree with that because I think I, I, Columbus knows how to grind, right? And for me, there's there's two big factors that are going to go into the series. One is the most important, in my opinion. It's Bobrovsky, right? He's been hot coming down the stretch. He's been one of the best goaltenders, I should say, in the, you know, in the season this year. But he hasn't had success in the playoffs. He's always looked terrible, and I think you and I have talked about that multiple times. So he needs to show up and play better than Vasilevsky if this team wants a chance to win. Uh, the other big thing for the Columbus Blue Jackets they have going for them is they were the least penalized team in the NHL this year. They were shorthanded 200 times. And for a team that has the world's most deadly power play, in my opinion, the Tampa Bay Lightning, you don't want to go shorthanded against them. 28.2%. That's dirty. disgusting. So, Especially yeah. considering the Blue Jackets' power play really hasn't been great. It's right. 28th in the league. So. so playing five on five could benefit Columbus for sure if they can stay out of the box. Uh, Tampa has the best penalty kill. <laughs> I know. Best penalty kill, best power play, most goals for seventh best goals against, and uh, you know eighth best faceoff win percentage. So they, I mean, is is there e- even though although uh, the Blue Jackets do have the second best penalty kill in the league, so maybe that can that can help a little bit in terms of uh, getting them. You know, if they have to take penalties, they don't have to be quite as scared, but. I mean, I think where I was saying Dallas isn't really a power play you need to be scared of, per se. This Tampa power play is terrifying. I don't care if you have the top penalty kill or not. There, There's somebody who you you may think, I don't want to take a penalty in this moment because they're going to score. Right, because most teams... So, for, like, for example, when you look at Washington, right? Power play, the puck's going to Ovechkin. It's going to find its way over there at some point, you know... Um, but with Tampa Bay, right, you, you think your first thought is don't let Kucherov touch the puck. Well, who freaking cares if he, he could not touch the puck, but they still got Stamkos, Braden Point. They got all these other guys who can score freaking goals like nothing. They had 340 goal scorers. And Tampa yeah. Bay outscored you know Columbus in the season series. They're the first three, so. team with 340 goal scorers since the, I think it was like the 95, 96 Penguins. They had Mario oh, yeah. Lemieux, Yermir Yager, and... Whitney? Peter Nedved. Nedved. Oh. Had 40 What did I say Ray Whitney for? Yeah, no. Uh, Not Ray Whitney. <laughs> he did play on... Did he play on Pittsburgh? He played for Pittsburgh. Ryan but. Whitney played on Pittsburgh yes. for a second. Uh, do you think... who For Columbus, it's it's Bobrovsky, right? It really is. It, it really is. I mean, yeah, Victor Hedman's been injured, you know, so... Their back end's a little depleted. Who freaking cares at this point? To me, it's just... It's all about the goaltending. Columbus needs goaltending. They need Bobrovsky to show up big, steal one or two games at least, and consistently play bet. It's got to be like, you know, that Vegas LA series where both goaltenders were on fire, and Bobrovsky's got to be a little bit better. 
Yeah, uh, John Cooper did say that he's hopeful that Hedman will be back, that he's already practicing, and that it's likely he'll be available for game one. So I don't think that they're too worried. I also don't think that they'd be that scared if they needed to rest him, play him for game one or two. You got McDonough back there, too, another freaking ace. So Right. Yeah, I I mean, I really, I just think it's going to come down to Bobrovsky because Vasilevsky is going to be really good. We have no doubt in Vasilevsky, and he's got such a good team in front of him. It doesn't matter. Uh, And then can Cam Atkinson score in the playoffs? Can he score like he, you know, he's scored 41 goals this year. Uh, Is Cam Atkinson or Duchesne, like who who is it going to be for Columbus? And can they get their guys enough separation from these high-end players on Tampa Bay to actually get some space and be able to score goals five on five? Well, I think it has to be secondary scoring. I think if you're Tortorello, the smart matchup would be to try to get Duchesne Dezingle out there against uh, you know the top line for Tampa so that you can maybe try to free up Atkinson, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Panarin if you can. I mean, it's going to be a long shot anyways regardless. Sure. But sure. Uh, I think the difference has to be the depth guys beyond that. And when I say beyond that, I'm talking like Boone Jenner, Bjorkstrad, Felingo. Those guys have to be the difference makers for Columbus because – yeah, Felino is a playoff guy. He is. He's, he's a guy who, who he'll show up. I mean, I think that this Columbus team is actually quite, quite frankly, built for the playoffs. I mean, John Tortorella definitely isn't going to mind them throwing their body around a little bit. And so, I, I mean, I think Tampa Bay's got the hardest first-round matchup that they could imagine, but I, I don't see this team losing to the Blue Jackets. No, I don't either. Six games? I'm going five. You're going five. Okay. I'm going five. I don't think it lasts as long because I still don't, as much as I think Bobrovsky was hot in the season, I, I just think this offense in front of them, way too dangerous. And I don't like to read in the season series, but like I said, outscored 17 to three in three games. I just don't see that changing much. Maybe okay. a little bit better, okay. but yeah, I, I do think Columbus is probably good for uh, maybe stealing a, stealing a game in Tampa Bay. If they can catch them off guard, I think for sure we're talking a, a little win a game in Columbus. Sure. And I, I think there's a chance they could they could take two and, and go back and you know then Tampa Bay wins game five and six and we call it a day. But I, I don't see this going past six games. I, I mean Tampa Bay to lose three three out of seven games that hasn't happened yet this year. No. So <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be hard for that to happen, especially for the Blue Jackets. Okay, let's move on to the Capitals and the Hurricanes. Uh, the Capitals destroyed the Hurricanes, oh, of course. Porto, sorry, I keep yawning. I'm not bored. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I'm just not breathing. Uh, the Washington Capitals, 4-0 and against the Carolina Hurricanes. One of those games ending in extra time. And, I mean, this series to me is, is going to be fun. And I have no doubt that Carolina is going to give it all that they have got. I don't see it going past five games. I really? think Washington is ready to roll here and Carolina is just playing with house money and they are they do not have the depth to keep up with the Capitals here when the Capitals are on and hungry. The Capitals are going to grind this team into the ground. Uh, I think if there's one series in the first round that could be a sweep, it's this one. Wow. I mean, that's a bold prediction. I, I think... Carolina, they're going to be playing with a lot of adrenaline, right? Especially when they get home because this this city has been 
desperate for a playoff team for a long time. So I think there's going to be, much like Vegas, that first game at home that, or even that second game at home, there's going to be so much adrenaline where I think Carolina's not going to lose both games at home, I don't think, to get swept. So I am not picking Carolina, though, because let's face it, Washington is Washington. They're going to come out. They're going to, they know what to do in the playoffs because, again, Carolina hasn't been here yet. Um, and a lot of guys in Washington have been playing much better this year for a team that's coming off, you know, a Stanley Cup win. So these guys know what it takes to get done. But guys like Tom Wilson, Brett Connolly scored more during the regular season. They, the only thing that, that I am worried about for Washington, if anything, Braden Holpe, one, hasn't played as well in the regular season, but he knows how to turn it on he the playoffs through the regular season. He does. But He's bored with more, it. <laughs> I know. More importantly, though, is John Carlson's defensive partner, Kempney, injured, not going to be playing. Can they find you know chemistry with Nick Jensen up there? Who knows what they're going to do in terms of matchups? Uh, that's the only worry factor I have for Washington. Yeah, that's a good point. The injuries can definitely play a factor. Uh, I well, I think that it's the best chance for a sweep. I don't ever pick sweeps. Like I'm never gonna go this team in four. It's tough to pick a sweep because it is rare. Like it's you don't even necessarily every first round get every time get a sweep in eight series. So I tell I'll, I'll stick with five. I'll say Capitals in five, and that's uh, you know Carolina would take winning one at home, and that's their nice little hey we won one at home, and that's that's about it. And the Capitals will get a nice long break. Kempney will be okay, and he'll be ready to roll for the second round. When they play the winner of Islanders Penguins, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, who, who what's your prediction for this? One? I'm agreeing with you. With five games, games. Yep. five. Okay, all right. So the Capitals, according to us, will play the winner of the Islanders and Penguins. Islanders definitely the most surprising team this season with uh, almost winning the Metro. They needed an extra point and they would have won the Metro, and they'd be playing Carolina, but. That would have been a terrible first round. New York Islanders and the Carolina Ugh. Hurricanes. That just isn't doesn't sound sexy. Uh, Islanders Penguins, though. I mean, even though none of these guys were on the team when they played each other back in 1993, there's still echoes to those series when they played each other in the early 90s. And there was the you know Pat Lafontaine's and Mario Lemieux, Yagers and Ron Francis, and so I, I think that this will be a fun series. Uh, I don't. I mean, Pittsburgh obviously is going to, they're going to want to score goals, and the Islanders don't like to score goals. They don't like to give them up either. <laughs> no, they don't like to give them up at all. And the, the Penguins are, you know, goals per game. Penguins are sixth. They're 14th in goals against. Islanders first goals against and 22nd goals for. So uh, I, I, it looks like it could just be one of those series where you've got a 5-4 game and then a 2-1 game. And then it's four three, and then it's one nothing. I, I this this series may each individual game may take on particular life of their own. Uh, what are you looking for in this series? Yeah, I'm looking for what we first talked about. It's Pittsburgh's offense versus the Islanders' defense. Um, Barry Trotz, a guy who has seen quite a bit of Pittsburgh in his time in Washington, so he knows this team right. And this is pretty much for the most part the same team he's played when he was in Washington, right? You Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, uh, Latang on the back end. And I mean, let's face it, the, the guys on the Penguins know how to get it done. They know how to win series. So if this series turns out to be a grind, you got to give the edge to Pittsburgh there. Now, I don't, as much as, you know, the Leonard, 
story is such a great thing for the NHL. And I think, you know, the Islanders have been a great story in general. I just, I think when they're inexperienced, Valtteri Filippola's injury right now, I just, I don't see their, their lack, their lack to score goals is just going to not be. Well, I don't know how much Filippola is going to push the needle for scoring goals. I mean, he's been vital for their penalty kill. So, you know, when, when you have such a dangerous power play in Pittsburgh, when you lose one of your top penalty killers there, I think that that leadership, a guy who can kill penalties but has been deep in the playoffs before, when you have a lot of young guys like Barzell, who this is his first crack at the playoffs, it's it's going to be tough. And I just don't think, again, when push comes to shove, it's there's not enough offense for the Islanders to get it done in my book. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I, I am curious to see how a Barzell performs in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's going to be – it'll be interesting to see anytime – for the, a player goes to the playoffs for the first time and has a team completely and utterly focused on them. Sometimes they break and sometimes they just excel and they, they it's an opportunity for them to show off. I mean, you're right. The Penguins have been here before. Do we get Matt Murray uh, of the last 20 games or do we get him the 20 before that? Right. That's to me, that's, that's it. That's the biggest question because now the Penguins could technically outscore his mistakes throughout the regular season because you know, throughout the regular season, you play some bad teams. You get teams on back-to-back nights, you know. But in the playoffs, this defensive team that's going to be so dialed in, it's going to be hard. Like, if they give up three goals to this Islanders team, I, I mean, I'm, it's, if they're down by two goals to the Islanders, it's going to be hard to come back from that. And the Islanders don't give up much. Once they go into their defensive posture, it's tough to score against them. And so I'm, I wonder... If the Islanders are going to win this series, it's going to be about getting early leads and forcing the Penguins to play that type of, you know, come to me type of type of defense. Right. So that that'll be interesting. Ultimately, though, my money is on Pittsburgh and Sidney Crosby, who just looks like a man possessed. Like I cracked 100 points this year. I think that (laughs) Ovechkin winning the cup. I think it pissed him off. Pissed him off. I say. do think it pissed him off. Interesting. I, I think there there's this. I don't. I don't think they necessarily. Ca- you know. I mean, whatever. Other teams win the cup. I just think that there's this Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin thing, and it's still going. Like these are still two of the best players in the league. Here we are, fifteen years after Ovechkin was drafted, and he's scoring fifty one goals. Scoring fifty one goals. <laughs> this is. You know, Crosby's been in the league. I think this is his 14th year, 13th year. And, and he's putting up 100 points. And he's still like, no big deal. a top five player in the league. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if, he, if not the most complete player in the NHL and has been for 10 years. Right. So, I mean, you see your quote unquote arch nemesis kind of thing as far as modern sports go. I think that it's extra motivation to go. We can get back there. I know we can. Well, you know, the and great Malkin's thing has been quiet. Dude, he has. So been. has Kessel. Kessel's been. I would say it's Kessel's not that been they quiet. Been good. It's not that they no, haven't been I, good. They they just flown under the radar. Yes, Pittsburgh has yes. flown under the radar this whole year, and they weren't even in the playoffs. And I think in like December. I think Pittsburgh. If you really think about it, right, they probably got on their mind already, and it could be dangerous for them. They're looking ahead to that second round matchup because we want Washington Pittsburgh again second round. So both these teams win. We're gonna see a flipping good series. I yes. think <laughs> better than last year. <laughs> Yep, and that's what uh, I'm. I'm going Penguins in six. Same. I say Pittsburgh wins that sixth game in Pittsburgh. Same. Okay, uh, let's head to our second to last series. We're moving to the Western Conference, and uh, we'll go to the Jets and the Blues. 
this is uh, you know finally the central on that last day it all shook out and the Jets end up 99 points. So do the Blues. The Jets just had a couple more overtime uh, regulation overtime wins. So to me, this series though, I mean, yes, Winnipeg won three of the games, one of them in uh, in extra time, but the Blues. I mean, we can go ahead and throw out more than half the blue season almost you know like any games played before january i don't even want to talk about them they're they don't mean anything for this especially for the blues i think that for the most part games played in the last you know before the last two months you can almost throw them out the door Uh, but this blues team is the hottest team coming in here as far as the second half of the season and the last time i remember a team this hot in the second half of the season, coming into the playoffs, it was the Pittsburgh Penguins. After they had fired, uh, they had fired their coach and brought in Mike Sullivan, and they they shuffled guys around. They brought up guys from the minors, just like St. Louis did. They they decided to give different guys opportunities. Different players became more vocal leaders, like a Ryan O'Reilly, and they took off. They made the playoffs. And they went on their magical run, even though they had all these injuries to their defense. Could St. Louis replicate what Pittsburgh did and make a, make this magical run continue on their success from January? And Craig Berube would, you know, he'd get a nice new contract. Yes, he would. <laughs> yeah, this is a series that to me, like Nashville-Dallas, has potential upset written all over it because again it's what team are you going to get from the jets right are you going to get that team that's sort of stunk lately towards the second half of the season or are you going to get that first season team that was just flipping hot coming out of the gates where i was picking patrick liney to win you know the rocket richard because he was scoring at will now i mean it's they're questionable now connor hollebuck Beginning of the season wasn't playing so hot, but now his last, you know, I think last 10 games, he's put up a 930 save percentage. So he's been hot down the stretch, which is great for them because they're going to need good goaltending, especially if this team's offense dries up a little bit or Liney can't get on the board because let's face it, the St. Louis team stifles you on defense right now. They, for whatever reason, since Bingington came in, they are the second best team in terms of shots against behind Boston. So Winnipeg might not get a lot of chances to score, so it's going to come down to how much you can grind it out and really win those two to one, three to two games. And this, it, it, the way the regular season has played out, St. Louis looks like the team that is built to grind those close games out. I am so excited to see Ryan O'Reilly in the playoffs. When's the last time Ryan O'Reilly has Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly been in the playoffs? That's a very good question, actually. The last time he would have been in the playoffs would have been Colorado with maybe? Colorado. And it would have been, who would they have played in the playoffs? Was he there when, gosh, no, man, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know when Ryan O'Reilly was, would have been in the playoffs. Yeah, look, look that up because obviously the Sabres never made it. And so, I mean, it's, it'll be fun. 13-14 was the last time. With Colorado. With that, Colorado. Six points in seven games for him. And 13-14 was the lockout year. No, no, it wasn't. It was the year after the lockout year. So, I mean, he's finally back in the playoffs. I mean, that's a shame. You know, it's been five years since he was in the playoffs. And so uh, seeing him in the playoffs will be fun. Yeah, the Bergeron of the West. Great season. Absolutely. Yes, that's a great way to put it. Bergeron of the West. I like it. Uh, Yeah. So, I I mean, to me, he's the guy. if If he can be what he's been these last three months, along with Tarasenko, like Tarasenko, the first couple months just wasn't himself. 
and now we're seeing the Terra you know, we're seeing the guy who really, you know, if he had been going at, at this pace, he might have been able to be, to be top five in the league in goals. And so, you know, if, if Tarasenko can continue this streak, I think the one thing to me that would worry me is that uh, Winnipeg can shut down Ryan O'Reilly and Tarasenko, and then St. Louis is kind of left with with some maybe some dried up offense. And so, can they get some goals from their defense? You know, what's what's Petrangelo look like here in the playoffs? It'll just be interesting because this Blues team has always been a team that disappoints in the playoffs. Yeah, and to me, I I don't know so much as the offense, right? The depth of offense, right, for both teams, that might be the difference. To me, the difference is going to be goaltending, right? Bingington, rookie, coming in, he's never seen playoff experience. Connor Hollibucks, he went deep last year. He knows how to do it. He knows what, what kind of a grind the, the playoffs are going to be, and he's going to you know have to step up and play better than he has for most of the season. So which goaltender is going to prevail in this series? Huh. This is the hardest series for me to pick. I would agree. Be honest, and and it's it's hard because they're two. It's it's almost like if we take the first half of the season for Winnipeg and the second half of the season for St. Louis and just overlap them, and both of them were coming in that way, I'd probably pick the Jets. But because the Jets really haven't looked good for a few months, and they they built up a nice cushion for themselves early on, and I mean they they still look fine, but they haven't looked dominant, and so it worries me with this St. Louis team coming in really hot, but it's hard for me to pick against Winnipeg. So I'm going to stick with Winnipeg, but I'm going to say Winnipeg in seven. Dude, we're three for three now because that's what I'm picking. All right, fine. I'll pick the St. Louis Blues in seven. Dude, okay, (laughs) go for it. No, I'm going Winnipeg in seven. I think that that's... St. Louis will surprise them. I just... Blake Wheeler and Ryan O'Reilly cancel each other out. And from there, I like Shifley and Line and Lowry and O'Connor. I, I and and also the fact that they have. Uh, oh my gosh, who do they trade for? They traded for a center, Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes. Yeah, uh, I think that that maybe is your. You know, he's a guy built for the playoffs. If, if he can get it, you know, I mean, hey, if a guy scores a couple goals in a round, that's significant. You know, so. Maybe Kevin Hayes comes in and he gets a goal or two, or two or three goals here in this first round, and that that ends up being the difference. But the, I just think that Winnipeg's a little deeper, and I really like their defense. While I like St. Louis's, I think that Winnipeg has a much more interesting defense and a defense built around Dustin Bufflin, who is ready for the playoffs again, and he is, and he doesn't a, have to play top minutes either. No, Truban Morrissey up there been yep. great, so. You put Bufflin on that second line take, now. He can no, he can take all the prisoners he wants. Yes, he can. He's gonna take them all. I still remember when he ripped like two guys off with one hand on a fight, and it was fantastic. Yes, yes. So. I still remember when he played for the Atlanta Thrashers. Dude, yes. Actually, he didn't. Did he? Did not? he play for the? I don't think he did because he he got traded to them, and then they went to Winnipeg. Oh yeah, right. I, I think you're right. I think you're but right. But he wasn't a, he wasn't Atlanta Thrasher for a hot second. My memory's not so great. That's okay. Go on. Um. Okay, well, let's go to our last series, the Flames and the Avalanche. Uh, this series, I'm actually very excited about. I'm the Calgary's one of my girlfriend teams, so I'm going to be cheering for Calgary. But I'm really excited to see what this top line can do for Cal- Colorado in the playoffs. Like when it actually matters, how good is McKinnon, Ranton, and, and Landis Cog going to be? Uh, whereas, and for the Flames, I mean, they have an equally as talented first line. I, I think that if we were going to go top five lines in hockey, we'd go the McKinnon line, 
we'd say the Johnny Gaudreau line, and then probably the Bergeron Marchand Pasternak line, and from there maybe any line with like a Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And who else would you throw in there? I mean, Mitch Marner and John Tavares, sure, or yeah, Sidney yeah. Crosby, and anybody that plays with them, or right. <laughs> <laughs> like Jake Getzel. I mean, there's so so to me. I mean, that's where yeah, like it starts to fall off after those. Like as far as one line that's spectacular, where all three players are really good. Maybe Dallas's Dallas's top line uh, because they do stack that top line. There's not many teams that stack that top line, but these are two teams. It's going to be heavyweight on heavyweight in terms of those top lines. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see them go head to head. I actually don't think they're going to stack that top line for Colorado. No? No, because as good as, you know, and as deep as Calgary is on their forward units, they can roll three good lines at you. You know, I think the Avs are going to kind of want to try to match up. And Kerfoot has looked pretty good with McKinnon and Landeskog on that top line. So Rottenen on that second line opens up, you know, with Colin Wilson and Soderberg or Comfort, whoever they, Broussard, whoever they play him with. You know, that gives them a little bit more options. Now, if Colorado goes down two games to none to start the series, boom, they're going to stack that's it. That's exactly and, it. Yeah. It, and to me, it's going to happen. If it's not game one, that's fine. Like, that's fine. I understand you're going to, oh, we need to separate these guys. Ultimately, like Boston tries to do they that. They did too. it last year. And then, and they, and then <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. And, and, you're, and it makes you wonder if it's what worked for you all year go with what works for you. The reason why Kerfoot has played with them on that top line is because Rantanen's been out right. for the last three, two, two But three now weeks. it opens up the possibility to say, oh, crap, we can actually take him off and we got somebody else who can play with McKinnon. Now, this series will probably end quickly, uh, but I think that it's going to be fun. Like, I could see some high scoring, some overtime. Uh, at least Calgary, we're, there's some question marks about goaltending still. And so it's it'll be fun to see maybe some high scoring games and these two top lines, it doesn't even matter how good the goalies are when you're playing against these high end players playing against each other, especially the power plays. Uh, I guess the, the percentage of their power plays, you know, the flames is 18, 18th in the league and Avs just seventh in the league. But uh, I think that come playoff time, you see these power plays out there. You're, you don't want to, you don't want to give McKinnon and Rantanen. And I mean, that's where they'll be together is on the power play. You don't want to give them those extra times and extra opportunities. Yeah, I think for Calgary, uh, the key for them is going to be beyond those first two lines, right? And one guy in particular I look to who has had success in the playoffs before, uh, the real deal, James Neal. He needs to get it, get it going. Um, now would be the perfect time. Now would be the if perfect James time to earn Neal that money. If James just comes in and, and scores two, three goals in this first round, suddenly he's, look at that signing. That's why we brought him exactly. in. Exactly. <laughs> you can change the whole narrative. Because <laughs> right now I'm giving goaltending edge to Colorado the way that Grubauer's played down the stretch. Um, and he knows, I'm sure he's probably a little pissed off about last year getting yanked, right? Given the opportunity to start. Sure. So he's going to want to come in and prove everybody wrong that he can compete in the playoffs. Uh, Mike Smith, granted, I know he's been there. He's been great. But I would still take Grubauer probably right now just because the regular season statistics, maybe a little bit more. So Calgary's depth at those bottom two lines. I just think goaltending's a wash in this series because I think that the goaltenders are going to get. I'm not going to be mad about the, that. The goaltending, they'll have they'll make nice saves, but I think it's going to be a high scoring. Series. I hope so. I really hope so because these are two fast teams per game per game goals. Now, I don't think this is going to go seven games, so I don't think it'll be the highest scoring series series in terms of most goals scored in a series. But I think that per game, this will be the highest scoring series. That would be fantastic. Uh, also. Now, Calgary's power play, I think 6.1% since March 1st. They've struggled. 
You get this week off. What are you working on? It's your power play. The Flames are going to come in. Their power play is going to be ready to go. So, I mean, really, some of their some of their power play statistics, too, are a little bit off because of such a terrible last six weeks on the power play. So you take those out, and suddenly they're 10th in the league. They're a top 10 power play, and they look a lot better. And so I, I'm excited for this one. This is one that I will likely go out of my way to watch. It'll be a little later every night. You know, Colorado games, I think they usually don't start until 9.00. And then if they're in Calgary, same thing, like there'll be nine o'clock starts. Those are really easy games to jump into because, you know, even if you're watching an Eastern Conference game, that one ends at 930 and then you just hop in second and third period of that game. And and then you can catch the last period of, you know, whatever, whatever it is, a Winnipeg or not, not a Winnipeg. You're looking at, whoa, I just realized something. There's only like San Jose, San Jose and the Golden Knights are the only ones in Pacific time. Yeah, the only other real late ones. Only two this year. Yeah. I mean, you think about it in the past. Last year, we saw L.A., Anaheim, Golden right. Knights, San Jose, and and I mean, we've even we've seen where it's you know you've got Vancouver in there and you've got Edmonton in there along with San Jose and L.A. and Anaheim, and so we're starting to see some of those uh, those Mountain and Central Time teams make it. I like it. Right, <laughs> not which up is till three a.m. when it's <laughs> overtime. Which is why even with these games in Colorado, they're still at ten p.m. Oh, they are. So. In, yes, you're right. They are at ten p.m. Yeah. They they're mountain time though, but they I they guess are, but they're the gonna push them just because again, like you say, they don't have a lot of Pacific ah. team teams in here. So well, at least most of them are at ten and not ten thirty. That's true. So still watch a little. Your prediction for this series, sir, as we close out the show. I like your girlfriend, but I like him in six. I I think Colorado okay. right. can push a little push back a little bit, so it'll be fun. And I think Grubauer is gonna show up a little bit for this series. Okay, yeah, I'm going Calgary in five. I just. I don't see Colorado being able to ultimately keep up with uh, with Calgary's depth, and I really like Calgary's defense this year, and I don't think that Colorado has much in terms of defense. And at the end of this series, it's going to be really easy for Colorado to go, What? where's our weakness? We need to find a defenseman, which they do have some that are younger and they're coming up, so maybe that's not the the real focus. And then it's going to be depth, depth scoring. And that might come in terms of Jack Hughes. Jack so Hughes. no big deal if you're losing the first round this year because next year I think this is a team poised to probably take the next step and win a round or two maybe in this Western Conference. As Winnipeg starts to get older, Nashville starts to get older, Like we're going to see the changing of the guard here a little bit. Even Calgary is a little bit older. Uh, yeah. You know, in terms of some of their, like Giordano's 35 years old. Yeah. So the window isn't open long for Calgary. Uh, I think the window's open for a little while longer for Nashville uh, and Winnipeg-ish. Winnipeg maybe has another year or two for that window to be open. Colorado's window is just about to open. Next year, I think, will be the the first year where you go, they have a legit chance. And that window's going to be open for five to seven years, I think, with the team that they have around, uh, around them. So should be interesting. All right, well, that's our show. Let us know what you think and uh, give us your predictions for the first round. We will be back to talk about uh, all the game ones across the league, and we'll just uh, you know we'll just keep plugging away here in the playoffs. Try to get extra shows out because there's real big games every day. Uh, so if uh, you know if you're listening and maybe you have a podcast too and you want to be a guest on our show and we can do that whole deal too. We love having guests on the show. Uh, hit us up at OT Hockey Talk. Justin, any final words as we head into the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs? I'm super excited for the the, the playoffs, but more excited. Well, not, not, I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, 
I'm a little less excited, but still excited to watch the Florida Panthers offseason because they just signed Big Q. Yes, so, Joe Quinville going to the Florida Panthers. That is big news. We will offseason. We will certainly talk about that as as we go forward, but uh, we'll let that play out a little bit before. I mean, mm. I mean, it's a great signing. It is. There you go. That's that's all we know right now. Uh, Florida Panthers probably make the playoffs next year just because of that move. Just like the Islanders getting Barry Trotz, you get that high-end coach, and you probably will make the playoffs, although he's missed the playoffs in the last two years. Whoops. Have a great rest of your week.